Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message. Um, forgot that I did those announcements, so. Oh, well. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Emily Snyder, and I'm really excited to be up here this morning to speak with you all. Uh, we're starting a new sermon series, which I think is going to be really great and is very timely for the season that we're in right now. But before I get started, I realized while I was kind of preparing some things that I really haven't talked to very many of you or seen very many of you at all since March. And it's not because either of us are jerks. Uh, It's because of just, again, the times that we're living in. So I thought I'd give a brief update on what's been happening in Snyder household. Um, Back in March, we went on vacation. And when we got there, everything got canceled on vacation and back here in, in Campbellsville. So we came home and school was closed and uh, work was weird. Um, and then Easter weekend came around and I found out that I was having another baby. Yay! It's very exciting. Uh, and then we got a dog, which was strange timing, but he's great. Thank you, Glenn. Again, he's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and now I think we're stuck in this never-ending summer. Does that make sense? Uh, where school keeps getting pushed back, and it's probably not as hot outside as I think it is, but because I'm pregnant, I'm just going to complain about it anyway. So it's hot outside, and summer just doesn't seem to be ending. So like that's all that's going on with me. Um, and thank you for allowing me to catch you up on on our life uh, here in Corona times. Uh, (laughs) And actually, that is a jumping off point for the beginning of this series, which we've titled Cultivate. Um, It's really kind of directly related to the state that we find ourselves in right now. Uh, And it seems like this pandemic is, it's going to drag on a little bit longer, probably. Um, And the premise of this series is this. Everyone has a garden, and everyone is also a gardener. And to put that in slightly less poetic terms, everyone can be pastored, and everyone can also be pastoring during this time. Uh, I think this is especially unique to our current times because we've never been more like physically disconnected from people. Uh, Even, you know, back in the spring, like being told to be physically disconnected from people, uh, while also maintaining the ability to seem connected. So for all of the evils of social media, which we could talk about like forever, um, I am thankful that I was able to, you know, keep up with people online and see what's going on in their lives. Um, I'm going to say the Z word. You guys ready? Zoom. Anybody tired of it? I am. Um, But I'm also very thankful for it because I was able to, like, I don't know, attend meetings from home while my kids were 
doing schoolwork, <laughs> uh, and also keep up with friends uh, during the times when we were really supposed to be staying far apart. But in reality, the ways that we tip typically have connected with people uh, in what I affectionately call the before times um, have vastly changed, right? So in this series, we're going to actually look at three different types of connections. And I just want us to take a minute to maybe reflect on how those types of connections have changed. So first of all, families. Uh, right now, families are under so much stress, so much pressure, so much anxiety. Um, maybe you've lost your job. Or maybe you're trying to figure out the best way to juggle um, distance learning with your children coming up this fall while still, uh, while still working. Or I could go on and on and on. I know those are some specific examples from people that I know, um, but there's more, I'm sure. So families right now are really struggling. And it's not just your family. It's literally everybody is grappling with this in one sense or another. Um, also, think about your workplace. I have some coworkers over here. Hi, library people. Um, possibly, your workplace has become your basement, which is the case with my husband. So uh, you're trying to conduct a meeting while like telling your kids, get out of the picture. Like we could at all any time become the BBC guy. Okay, <laughs> and I, I do believe it's happened one time in our house, which it's not so bad, it's not so bad. Uh, or the nature of your work could be changing. So I work at the public library, which is a very outward-facing, community-focused uh, service, and we, we aren't even allowed to really have people in the building right now. That's weird, okay? We're all just trying to figure out how do we stay relevant right now? And how do we still serve our community? Or maybe, like I said before, maybe you've lost your job and it's through no fault of your own. It's just what happened. And that's really hard and it's not fair. Uh, and then there's also your friends, like your community. So um, it's not often that we're all navigating the same crisis together, okay? Um, some have fared better than others. Um, if you think about your community as a whole, I mean, look around you here. This is not how we would prefer to do church, okay? And we're doing it, and I'm so thankful for it. But ideally, this room would be able to be much more full, right? And I'd be able to, like, see your face, judge how I'm doing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, come later this month, school is not going to look normal. Uh, grocery shopping not normal right now. Um, doctor's appointments. I have to call the doctor office and be like, I'm here. And then they say, all right, don't come in. <laughs> all right. And then I just wait for them to call me, tell me when I can come in. It's strange. Um, so really, we've never been so disconnected while also experiencing a collective like anxiety and crisis and loss. Does that make sense? So that's where taking up the responsibility to pastor and to be pastored comes in, and it's really important right now. So that's where we're going to devote some time to it. Um, if I were to ask you right now, if you consider yourself 
a member of the vineyard, if I were to ask you, who is your pastor, what is our answer? Adam Russell. Yeah. Because he is the pastor of this church. He's the church boss, right? Um, However, if I were to ask you this question, who is pastoring you, our answers would all be much different. To take it a little further, if I were to ask you, who are you pastoring? Again, our answers may be much different, and some of us may be tempted to say, well, I'm not a pastor, right? Um, So I want to separate the noun and the verb. So the noun, pastors, like somebody who gets paid to be the church boss, okay? That's not what we're talking about uh, in this series. What we are talking about is the verb, the act of tending to, cultivating, and speaking truth into other people. That's what we're going to be talking about. And that is something that's accessible to all of us. Not everybody can be the church boss, okay? And probably not everybody wants to be the church boss. But we can all be pastor ring. So we've got a couple places throughout the course of this series that we're going to be in the, in the Bible. But I do want to bring up two specific verses in 2 Timothy. The first one, it's so easy to remember, guys. 2 Timothy 2, 2. If we can put it up on the screen. All right, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Really, the act of pastoring is a dual nature. So when I first started thinking about this series and kind of thinking through it, here's where I started from. I, starts with me, am a pastor, okay? which is already kind of a hard thing for me to grasp because, again, I don't see myself as a pastor. But it always started with me. But soon I realized I need to ask another question. And that other question um, is this. Who is gardening me? Who is pastoring me? And it goes far beyond I go to a church pastored by so-and-so. Um, Who is tending and cultivating me? And that's why I think cultivating is such a great word. So I looked up a few definitions, pulled out my dictionary. Um, Here's what we have. First of all, there's just, you know, the way that we typically think about it, to prepare uh, for use of crops and gardening. Okay. Um, Also, though, to nurture and to help something grow. I think that one's really sweet. And then this one, working to make something better. The fact that anyone would see to help cultivate me is kind of stunning, to be honest, because who am I, right, in the grand scheme of things? But then the fact that I can turn around and help to cultivate and nurture other people, I I find that to be an honor that the Lord has given us. Um, And Paul says plainly in 2 Timothy, um, speaking to Timothy, he's encouraging him to turn around and speak the truths that he has learned to other people, so it never just starts and ends with us. Uh, I think right now we're kind of tempted to believe a little lie. Do you want to know what it is? 
in COVID times, uh, especially like back in March when things really shut down and we were supposed to all just be like staying home. Um, here is the lie that I think we were tempted to believe. I can do this alone. And for a while, I mean, it's like kind of what we were supposed to be doing, right? I remember walking my dog, or maybe I was just on a walk, and I ran into Kelsey and Alex, and I wanted to talk to them so bad because they live kind of in my neighborhood. But like if this was them, I was kind of like, hey, guys, like I don't want to get too close to you. No, it's outside. Like it was fine. Um, but here's what we did. We all stayed in our homes. Uh, for some reason, we followed this like feral urge to hoard toilet paper, which I don't understand, but like, that's what came out of it. Um, and I think a lot of people dabbled in bread baking at the time. Yeah, we were living our best Laura Ingalls Wilder lives a little bit. Uh, so last winter, my husband Dusty and I decided to get into a new hobby. And the new hobby that we decided to get into, something called beekeeping. Ooh, so here's what we knew about beekeeping. Nothing. <laughs> we knew that bees made honey. We also knew that we, specifically me, was very afraid of bees. Those are the two things that we knew getting into it. So we had a lot to learn. And so all last winter, we were like reading beekeeping books and like talking about it at dinner, like a bunch of nerds. Um, did you know? that there is a large beekeeping influencer culture on Instagram? There is, and it's not stressful. It's incredibly informative because these people care about the bees. So I followed all my beekeeping influencers. Um, we subscribed to a beekeeping magazine. Comes out quarterly. Um, <laughs> And we also um, went to bee school. So we drove down, I actually don't even know where it was, somewhere in like southern Kentucky. Uh, we went to an all-day bee school. This was the first time that we'd actually like spoken to actual people who beekeep. But the most valuable thing that we did was we joined our local beekeeping association. Did you know that there's a beekeeping association here in Taylor County? It's really great. Um, and speaking to local men and women who are beekeepers was incredibly valuable, very encouraging. And then COVID hit. We were able to go to one meeting, and then everything shut down. So as our materials started coming in, like we've got hives in the mail, not full of bees, but like the frames and the boxes and um, our smoker and like all the other stuff that we need in our bee suits came in and then our pickup date to go pick up our actual bees was getting closer. We started realizing uh, we're in this alone, like totally alone. And we still, even now, <laughs> don't really know what we're doing. Um, so, Dusty finds himself driving down the road with 20,000 bees in the back seat <laughs> and realizes, he's like, you know, you're not supposed to text and drive, but he's kind of like, oh, two of them got out. They're staying in the back right now. It's fine. He's got his, like, bee headgear on. He's like, <laughs> I stayed home, but the kids, 
thinking if babies get out, I don't want my children in the back seat. And because it was COVID times, I couldn't send them somewhere, have a babysitter come in. So what I'm saying is, I could go on about this forever. It's been, it's been comical. Um, but what we really needed during this time was the voice of like an experienced, trusted, preferably old man who knew what he was doing when it came to beekeeping. And I feel like in normal times, we would have had that, right? Um, as it was, we were, we were in it alone. Uh, I feel like a lot of times in life, we notice the absence of a pastor or of a gardener uh, when we are left to grapple with shortcomings or failures or maybe the loss uh, of our normal, everyday, connected lives. So that really came for a head, to a head for us in our beekeeping journey during our second hive inspection. We're supposed to go out there like every now and then and just make sure like bees are okay, there's no mites or anything. Uh, and we had made some mistakes, again, this is our first year, we had made some rookie mistakes. We had gone out there to try to correct those issues. Now, I am going to throw my husband under the bus a little bit because he made the bees extremely angry. But I will also say this, I know he's watching. Uh, he was also the only one brave enough out of the two of us to be messing with the bees. So like, okay, he's, he gets a free pass. Um, they were buzzing around and like, not, you know, just kind of all over the place. And we're just kind of, oh my God, okay, here we go. Um, and finally it got to the point where we realized we, we got to get out of here. So we just take off. Um, there's like a common saying in the beekeeping culture, like if you see me running, try to keep up. That was us, okay? So as we were running, and our children, this has nothing to do with what I'm trying to say, but our kids were in the back of our truck just watching a show on their iPad, completely oblivious to what was happening to their parents. We go streaking past uh, our pond and all of them and we're just, you know, and in the moment, I'm thinking, I remember thinking, Jesus, I wish there was somebody out here who knew what they were doing because we don't. I was very frustrated. We didn't get stung, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> Fact of the matter is we aren't meant to do life alone. Inasmuch as you can use beekeeping as an example, just think about like the scope of your whole life. And if you're not really meant to like learn how to keep bees by yourself, think about going through your whole life. We need each other. Um, we actually can, for at least a short while, convince ourselves that we're doing things just fine by ourselves. But that's neglecting two things, exactly what we're going to be talking about in this series. Uh, allowing yourself to be tended to and tending to other people. And I think this is kind of mysterious. Okay, so in my beekeeping example, I wished, as I was running, for somebody who knew what they were doing. But I would never in my daily life describe myself as somebody who knows what they're doing, right? <laughs> especially when it comes to uh, speaking into other people's lives. I'm never going to say that I'm an authority. Like, do I have kids? Yes. Do I know what I'm doing? No. Uh, do I have a job? Yes. Do I know what I'm doing most of the time? No. Okay? Um, and I think this kind of holds us up because we start thinking, well, why should I have the ability to tend to others in a pastoral way? I'm not perfect. Now, ooh, this is a different story if you think, I am perfect, I should be able to, you know, whatever. That's a whole different issue. <laughs> um, 
but really none of us are perfect. We often think we need to be before we step into somebody else's garden. Uh, but if we all felt that way and just didn't act on it, literally nobody would be tended to, right? I think this is just another example of the confounding and often upside-down ways that Jesus brings his kingdom into the world. Um, the kingdom often comes in ways that run contrary to logic or run contrary to the way we think things should be done, if that makes sense. So allowing and encouraging imperfect people to pastor each other, especially at such a time of high anxiety and uncertainty, um, makes close to no sense, except it is the very thing we're supposed to be doing. I think that's actually really good news, okay? Because it is consistent with the gospel message that we are made perfect by Jesus, not by anybody or any person that we are tending to in an exceptionally perfect way. Does that make sense? I want to go ahead and put um, 2 Timothy 3.14 up on the screen. Uh, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they're true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Uh, Paul reminds Timothy that he was taught by trustworthy people. And he encourages Timothy to remain faithful or true uh, to what he has been taught as he goes forward and teaches others. So here's where I think is an achievable goal for us. Not to be perfect enough to feel like we have license to speak into someone else's life, but to be trustworthy enough to do so. So I'm going to say a little word right now to the gardeners and the pastors. And here's the newsflash. It's everybody in this room, okay? My question for you is, who are you tending right now? Maybe something to think about this week. If the answer is, honestly, no one, start with asking yourself, why? And without being too prescriptive, I'd recommend you start in your own home, whether that's with your children, with your spouse, with your roommate, or even with yourself. I also think it's really important to be aware of your margins. And what I mean is to have margin for other people in your life. So not stretch your out, yourself out so thin that you have to just say, no, 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 because you can't handle it anymore. Like you live your life at maximum capacity. Uh, but then to also be generous with those margins. I once was going through a really hard time, um, and I had a friend come up to me, and here's what she said. And, and honestly, it changed my life. She said, Emily, I would like to walk with you through this time to the extent that you will allow me. That is an example of somebody who has margin in their life and who at the time was being radically generous to me with it. Okay, a word to the gardens. And again, this is everybody, okay? Here's my question for you. Who is tending you right now? Who is cultivating you? 
again, take some time, maybe this week, to think about it. And if your answer is no one, start with asking yourself, why? Uh, it takes a lot of humility, I think, to be turned over and to have our soil revealed. Uh, and it also takes willingness to allow some authority into our lives, which is hard. Um, but that's also, again, why it's so important to make sure that that authority is trustworthy. So here's maybe where you can start. Do you surround yourself with trustworthy people? And if you don't, maybe try to find one. You could also ask the Lord to bring somebody to you. It's a good first step. Okay, so in closing, there's two kind of encouragements that I want to leave you with today. The first is that it is none of our jobs to fix another person. So when we talk about pastoring somebody, we are not saying to swoop in and save the day. Uh, that might actually be really hard because if we were looking in the family context, you may want to do that if your kids are having a hard time, right? But even then, it is not your job to set their life right. Uh, that's actually the Lord's job. That's not what gardeners do. I have a very tiny raised flower bed, or like, it's not even flowers in there's a just, it got run over by tomatoes this year, basically. Uh, and here's what, in my very limited knowledge of gardening, here's what gardeners do. They're present during the growing season. They're looking to see if there's anything that could be uh, troubling their crops. They're pulling weeds. I didn't do that. Um, they're pulling weeds, though. What they're not doing is forcing anything to grow. They can't. And it's just so with pastoring. Pastoring can look as simple as texting someone to see how they're doing. We could even Zoom them if you want to. Uh, offering to bring somebody dinner. Um, showing someone that you're like, thinking about them. If you really want to break it down to a basic level, just like acknowledging somebody's existence. Really important. Okay, the second encouragement is this. We will only pastor or care to the extent that we're also willing to receive care. These two concepts aren't mutually exclusive. The more we have someone tending our garden, the better equipped we will be to tend to others in a trustworthy way. Um, the more we realize and cherish how much care we have received in our lives, the more we'll be able to extend care to others out of that. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.